All right, hey, it's good to see you guys today. Uh, I want to welcome all those tuning in online. Thanks for tuning in today with us. We're in part six of a series called How to Live Through a Bad Day. Uh, so if you're a guest, we want to just welcome you to, to the Grove. Thanks for coming. And uh, this series has been so much fun for me to do because it's been so helpful uh, to me, but I've also heard a lot of comments of people saying, hey, this is really encouraging and help me, helping me uh, just in, in general in life. And so uh, we, we've taken uh, Jesus' bad day, right? We call it Good Friday, and we'll celebrate this this coming week. Uh, but make no mistake about it, for Jesus, it was not a Good Friday. And for those that loved him, it was not a Good Friday. It was a horrible day. It was the worst day you could possibly live, and Jesus lived it. And what we found is that in the middle of his worst day, his bad day, he gave us some principles to show us how we can make it through our bad days. Because uh, the truth is, if you're not in the middle of a bad day, you're coming out of one, or they'll some, sometime in the future there will be a bad day. And that's not a bad thing. We'll talk about that today, that, that sometimes those are, they're, they're actually good for us uh, when, we, when we encounter struggles and challenges. But when you find yourself in there, it's no fun. I get that. That's, when you're in the middle of it, it's not good. You want to get out of it as soon as you can. Um, but we look at Jesus' life, and we look at his bad day, and it gives us some, some tools uh, and some, some ways, lenses to look through life in a different way. And so uh, we're in part six. Uh, the scripture we've been using to hold the whole series together is found in Hebrews 12 through, uh, verse, uh, chapter 12, 2 through 3. It, uh, the, the writer of Hebrews says this, Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished the race that we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever came his way, he was able to put up with it. And so he's saying if we will study how he did it, right, um, how he put up with his bad day, it'll give us the ability to do this. And he goes on and says, and now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. Uh, when you find yourself struggling in your faith, right, go over that story again item by item, that long list of hostility that, that he had to push through, he had to plow through. And that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. So in your bad day, the author is saying in your bad day, if you're struggling, if you'll just go back to Jesus' story and go through item line by line, you'll find that there's some, um, some principles there to help you get through your bad day. And so we've taken those, uh, those uh, principles and we've um, just said we looked at the seven statements that he made on the cross. So as soon as they put Jesus on the cross, you know, he's, he's suffering. Uh, his bad day, it was getting going from, from bad to worse every moment, every hour. And as soon as he's, they raise him up on that cross, the first thing that we see out of his mouth says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, right? We said we need to learn to forgive everyone who's trying to ruin our lives. And then we need to help, help others who are experiencing our same struggle. And that was the second, second week, uh, second statement he made um, of, of helping those around him, the criminals on the cross. And then the third week we said make sure you take care of those closest to you. Uh, don't, don't neglect those, the closest relationships. Make sure you take care of your responsibilities. And he modeled that for us. And the first three statements were really others-focused. And then the fourth statement, it kind of shifts. It, come, it shifts from, from looking at others to now directing it to God. And we said that the fourth one, that he was then aiming the questions. We said, aim your hard questions at God, not at man, but say, God, here I, I come to you. And when you do that, you'll begin to put your trust in God rather than in, in what the situation. He'll help you get through it. So just make sure you take care of those, aim your questions at God. And then last week, um, now we started focusing, his, his attention was now focusing to self. And he really focused on the first part was the body, right? He said, last week we said, he, he said, I'm thirsty. And he acknowledges a need that he has um, because he's about to speak something. He needs to clear his throat, so he needs something to drink. Um, and so we said, make sure you're be human enough to acknowledge your need. Whenever you're going through something, make sure you're, you, you humble yourself and you ask for help. Um, because when you do that, when you show humility, others can actually help you. Um, and we said this, I can be me when I'm connected to those that who believe in me. 
I can be me. I can, I can really become the person I need to be when I'm around those who believe in me, who want to help me on this journey. And really, the, the truth is, if you would lift me up, that must mean that you're on higher ground. And when we're in a situation, actually acknowledge that. We'll actually get the help we need to be able to overcome. So that was last week. So if you missed any of those messages and, and you want to learn more about how to lift their bad day in, in the series that we're in, uh, you can catch those up on, on our podcast or online. You can go catch those up. And so now we're going to jump into uh, week six, the, the sixth lesson that we see that Jesus, what he said on the cross. But before I jump into it, I want to just kind of talk about a tension that we all live with, all right? Um, when we are in a bad day, this is what I get. When, when we live through a bad day, um, it's really hard to get through them if you don't know there's an end to that bad day, right? When you're in the middle of something you don't like and there's no end in sight, it's really difficult to get through that, right? Because all you can focus about is the pain, the hurt, uh, what's not working, and uh, some of you, sometimes, you know, bad days can turn into bad weeks, and sometimes it feels like bad months, and sometimes even bad years. Um, and there might be even a few here who say, man, my life has kind of felt like that, just a cycle of just, just, it almost feels like just a bad situations I've been in. Um, and and when, you, when you don't see an end to it, it can be really hard to, to get through your bad day. It's, it's, a, it's a struggle. And that's, that's the tension a lot of times we live with. When, we're, when we have pain, pain causes us to focus only on the pain and nothing else. And the, the series we're saying, what if we begin to lift our eyes up away from the pain, away from the bad day, look, at other, look to others, look to God, and then begin to ask for help in our, in our bad day to be able to get through it. Something's going to happen. And I'm going to give you some, some really good principles. But this, is my, this week, let me tell you a little about my week, all right? Um, sometimes... Um, well, not sometimes. Uh, this week, I had an opportunity to go mountain biking with, with uh, one of the guys in my small group. Um, and we're slowly becoming friends. And uh, we went out to Glorietta, and we were riding on, on the trails. And um, he took me up up this trail. And, and, man, I was dying going up the mountain on the bike. And I get to the top, and I'm about to throw up. I didn't tell him that, but I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is killing me. And so I'm trying to be tough and strong. You know, so we get to the top, and, and we're riding. We ride up to the top. And then finally, we catch our breath, and now it's time for the fun part. You ride up, and now you get to ride down, right? So we do some downhill uh, mountain biking, and um, he takes off ahead of me, and I'm falling behind him at 30, 40 yards, and, um, and uh, he's far ahead, so I can't really see where he's at, but, but, but after a while, I come up upon him. His bike's in the trail, and he's laying on the ground, and I'm thinking, oh, no, this is not good, right? And, um, and when he's laying there, he's getting up slowly, and he's, and he's holding his, his, his uh, collarbone, his shoulder, and so long story short, uh, when, he, when he hit the ground, he, the impact broke his collarbone. Here, here's an x-ray of his collarbone. And uh, even his post is funny, right? He says clavicles aren't supposed to bend this way. And uh, he broke his, 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 his clavicle. And he's, he's, he's there, and we, we call for help. Some of his, his coworkers at the uh, Glorietta, they come up and bring a truck and uh, drive him down. And, and myself and the other guy ride the bikes down to, to, the, to the house. And um, he gets in my vehicle. I bring him to Presbyterian, and, and I'm there. You know, there's nothing like knowing, getting to know somebody when they are having a really bad day, right? When you're in the middle of somebody's bad day, um, you get to know them pretty good. And uh, what, I, what I loved about, um, not loved, it's, it's horrible to say it like that, right? Um, there were some really high moments in his bad day for me was I'm, I'm walking it through him, right, with him. And so I'm trying to gauge, like, okay, what does he need me as, as, a, as a person? Um, how, how do I show support? How can I help him through this? How can I encourage him? Um, and, and I didn't know how he was going to respond to pain or having me with him because I'm driving to the hospital. And, and, um, but sure enough, as we began to talk, he starts joking, and, and we're having these jokes go back and forth. And it was just very re- refreshing because I'm, I know that in the middle of his pain, he's able to joke. And, and really what the message, when he's joking, what the message is, hey, this is temporary. Um, I don't, this is not the end, right? I'm, I'm, there's more to life than just this moment of pain. 
And so we're joking back and forth. And his wife gets there, and I'm there with them. And um, just, you know, it's, it's just interesting when you're with somebody in the middle of the pain. And he turns to his wife, and, 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 and he's joking some more. And he says, honey, I don't think we're going to be able to cuddle tonight. <laughs> and I laughed. It was so funny because um, in the middle of his pain, he's saying, like, hey, I'm looking to the future. This is not, this is not the end. And, uh, um, and so, anyways, yes, it's like another story I heard. Uh, so that was, that, was my, that was his bad day. And, um, and he felt bad because he messed up. He thought it made my day bad. And I'm like, no, my day is good. My day is perfectly fine. I'm, I'm okay with just being here at the hospital. All right? And um, so, anyways, we're going to go riding when he finishes getting healed, healed up. Um, but I heard another story about, um, and you can decide if this was a guy or girl, right? They went to the hospital. I won't say who it was because, you know, then, then people get offended, like, you're picking on me. So they went, this person went to the hospital to see the doctor. They said, doctor, um, man, I'm really concerned. I have pain everywhere in my body. I'm just hurting. And the doctor is kind of concerned. says, well, what do you mean? Well, show me. And so um, this person points to his the arm and says, right here, look at, ow, it hurts so bad right there. And then he points to the leg and, ow, oh, it hurts so bad. And if I push harder, oh, it hurts even more. And, and, and ouch, and, and the doctor, and she said, the person says, even right here on my nose, like if I push here, oh, it hurts so bad. And the doctor laughs, and he says, um, oh, it's not that serious. She said, what do you mean it's not serious? It hurts everywhere. He says, no, you just have a broken in, index finger. You'll, you'll be okay. <laughs> sometimes in life, when we're going through things, the pain that we see, it seems like it's the end of the world, right? And sometimes it's just a broken index finger or just a broken clavicle. Like, it's easy to say, right? Um, but, but sometimes it's like that. And the tension that we, have, we live with is, when is this pain going to be over? When is this bad day going to end? Um, and we look at Jesus' story on the cross. He's in the middle of his bad day. He actually whispers something and says something, not whispers, he shouts this one. He speaks this one loud. Um, and it's, his, it's, it's um, one of the final statements he makes on the cross. And the sixth statement that we see that he makes is this, it is finished. And found in John 19.30, he says it is finished. So last week, he was human enough and humble enough to ask for help, right, to clear his throat. Because these next two statements that he's going to make, this one and the next week that we'll talk about, they're super important. Um, they are, they, we can't miss them. And so he said, I need to clear my throat so that I can speak this out with, 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 uh, with some volume, with some authority, with some strength. And so as he clears his voice, he says, after he gets the, the drink from last week of being thirsty, he says, it is finished. And what's really amazing about this is um, it, the, the point, even a part of the point of this, of, of this statement is it's not his final statement. So even though it's finished, he's not dead yet. He's still in his bad day. And there's something else he still has to say. But at this point, he's saying it's finished. And, and um, um, it's not over yet. You know, and, and, and there's still some, even though I'm still hurting, even though I'm in pain, I know this is how it's not going to turn out, essentially, is what he's saying. And the, the word in Greek is um, telestai. All right, so telestai is a Greek word. In fact, why don't you say, I'll teach you some Greek today, all right? Telestai, say that with me. Say telestai. Telestai. It's this, it's this, this word um, that outside of, of the gospel, it's, 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 it's a common word that was used. Um, they find parchments like when they're, when they're digging up, you know, um, different sites. And on these parchments, when there's a, a debt, you know, so there's somebody owed a, a bill, a receipt. At the end of it, they would write telestai, and what that meant was it's paid in full. Like this has been, this has been settled. The, the account has been settled up. It's been done. There's no issue here. And so when Jesus says telestai, it would be a common word they use to say uh, paid in full, or, or the way we translate is it is finished. It is finished. It's paid in full. And what's amazing about, about this is um, it, was, it, was, it was God's invitation to join him um, in this, this reality that he accomplished something on our behalf, that he did something. And this is the turning point for uh, history. This is the turning point for us. Uh, in fact, when we celebrate Easter, um, right, this is, this is how, why everything changes, why Easter is such a big deal. 
because of this statement that he made. The reason he came to earth, that God's, God came in human form as, as, a, as a little baby. We celebrate in Christmas, right? And then he gives his life as a, as a man, for, and we celebrate for Easter. Why was he doing it? Because he was coming to fix what was broken when it comes to our relationship with God. He was paying the debt that you have and the debt that I have to God. Uh, see, because God, God made a statement. God is, God is, is consistent. He's the same. He said uh, the wages of sin, the, the choices we make, um, the choices of, of the, when we choose to sin and do opposite of what God has, it only brings death into our lives. And this is one of the first things he told Adam and Eve. Don't, don't, don't do opposite of what I'm telling you because certainly death will follow. And they broke God's law and they broke his command and they did what they wanted and death followed that. And, and because of that, there's a, now a debt that we have to pay because of the sins that we have. And Jesus stepped in and paid that on our behalf, which is pretty awesome. And that's why I think uh, when, we, when, we, when we sing our songs, we celebrate what God has done. Essentially, he's saying, I'm giving you a, a fresh start. I'm giving you a new opportunity to live, live this life. In the middle of this, he's saying it's paid in full. It's finished. Um, it's just a great statement. So Jack Hayford, in his book, How to Lift Your Bad Day, he makes this statement about this, this word um, and this statement. It says, it is finished was the Son of God's invitation to join him in the conviction that now, because of the cross, there is nothing we struggle with that is either without a purpose or an end. That, that is, don't, don't miss that. That whatever we go through, there's nothing that, was, that is either without a purpose or an end. That whatever you face, whatever your bad day is, there's, there, there can be purpose in it. There will be an end to it. No struggle need ever again be pointless. No suffering need ever again be unending. So what is he saying? In his statement, he's saying there's more to this. It's not the end of the story. Don't give up. Don't, don't, don't give up hope. Don't, don't, don't stop moving forward. Don't let your bad day stop you from being the best you can be. So here's the lesson. Number six, here's the lesson um, is this. Be assured that there is a purpose and an end to your bad day. Be assured there's a purpose and there's an end in the middle of that, uh, in that day. Um, that wh- whatever you go through, that this is not the end, and, and your pain that you're in the middle of, it's not, it's not the end of the story. There's more to it. Don't give up. Don't stop on, the, on this journey. You know, when we look in the Bible, um, we, we look at different people. Jesus' bad day, that's a great one to learn from. Well, in the Old Testament, there's another story of a man named Job. Um, and, and actually, Job is the oldest book in the Bible. It's not the first book because they don't organize books by, by um, chronological order. Uh, they, they or, we, the Bible is organized by categories, and, and the categories usually have the biggest book of that category first, and then it tapers down. And so we find Job in the wisdom section, uh, but it would have been the oldest book in the Bible. It's a story of a man who had a bad day also. Um, and when we look at Job's story, uh, we can learn a lot about human nature, even about ourselves. Um, and he shows us also in his bad day um, how, how we can, what, what can change if we have the right perspective. Uh, so Job was a, a devout man. He feared God. Uh, but there was a moment where he lost everything. And a few chapters in, we see he loses everything. His house, his kids, his livestock, um, everything that was, that was important, that was valuable to him. Um, um, he lost everything except his wife. Um, and in this case, that's not a good thing. All right. <laughs> you think like the one thing I want to lose, I didn't lose for him. Cause you'll, you, if you read the story, you'll see why. In fact, there's this point in the, in the story where he has boils and he has sores on his body and he's sitting in an ash, an ash, a heap of ashes, uh, just kind of mourning and sulking and kind of, you know, just, just really. So he has a clay pot broken and he's scratching his, his, his wounds. And, uh, however that's working, you know, he's trying to just to soothe himself a little bit. And his wife comes out and it's the only thing that we see that she says, is she says, why don't you just curse God and die already? I'm like, man, that's a lovely woman, right? <laughs> Glad I'm married to you. So you see why the enemy in the story is the devil takes everything from him but his wife. 
Now you can see why the enemy didn't take his wife, right? Like that was a part of the suffering. It's like, I'm going to do everything bad to you. And oh yeah, by leaving your wife, that's a bad thing. Um, there, there's just some humor in the Bible sometimes. If you read through it, you're like, wow, this is interesting how, how this happens. Well, through this story, there's about 36 chapters where he's complaining and questioning. Some of his so-called friends come, come around him and they're, they have these conversations and arguments about life and why he's suffering, all that. And in the middle of his bad day, there's these, this, just most of the book is about him and these guys trying to figure out what their bad day is all about. And they're just kind of like comparing and saying it's your fault and this is why and all these things. And so for a long time they go through that. And, and eventually you, you, here's kind of like a summary of that, I guess probably one of the best ways you can somehow Job, summarize how Job was feeling. In Job 30, 20, he says this, in my bad day, right? I call to you, God, in the middle of my bad day, but you never answer. And when I pray, you pay no attention. Sometimes in our bad days, this is how we feel about life and especially about God, right? Things aren't going our way. It's like, man, I'm, I'm calling, but you never answer, which we know is not true, right? Usually when we say never or ever, uh, those are hyperbole. They're, we're using extreme uh, language, right, um, which is not true. It's not God never answers. No, that's not, that's not true. God does answer, and he does pay attention, and we'll see that he does more often than we think. But in the middle of this, um, he, he's, his pain and his hurt, he's kind of just saying, all right, God's not even listening. This is a bad day. I don't want anything to do with it. Um, and then after enough complaining, God comes into the scene, and, it, and it's chapter 38. God finally speaks into the situation. And this is what he says. Then the Lord spoke to Job about the storm. He said, uh, who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? So that's kind of like a punch, right, to Job. Like, all right, who's talking that thinks they know it all, Right. You're speaking of things you do not even know. Who is this that's talking about it? And that point, Job's like, oh, wow. Brace yourself. He goes on and says, brace yourself like a man. I will question you now, and you shall answer me. Uh, where were you, Job, when I laid the earth's foundation? Like, like were you there? And you see this, this conversation now between God and Job? He's like, hey, hey, come on, tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know, Job. Right now it's like a little sarcasm, and like God kind of punching back. Like, come on, you're so smart. Tell me, where? where? Who stretched and measures the line across it? And it's like at this point, you know, uh, and, th- and then he goes on later in the, in the verse 18. He says, have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you, if you know all this. What is the way to the abode of light and where does darkness reside? Come on, Job, you're so smart. You're in the middle of your bad day. And you're, you're, you're blaming me. You're, you're saying I'm not listening. Tell me, tell me, you're, you're so wise. What is this? And he says, can you, can you take them to their places? Do you know the paths of their dwelling? Surely you know, for you were already born, right? What is that? He's like, you've been alive for so, so long that you, you, you know everything about life. You've lived so many years. So what is he saying? Um, you, you tell me this. What, what's going on? Because sometimes really the truth is we don't, we don't get it all. Um, we don't get all the, the big picture. And in the middle of our bad day, we assume that we know more than God. We assume that we know more than others. And a lot of times we don't. We don't see the big picture. We don't know what's going on. And if your day is really painful, you actually see even less than you think. Because the pain keeps you very numb and very, not numb, it keeps you very focused on, on, on yourself and only what's close to you, right? That's what pain does to us. So then, after God asks Job these, Job responds in, in chapter 40. He says, Job answered the Lord, okay, I'm unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. It's like Job has this realization of, okay, I've been complaining for these last 36 chapters or 30-some chapters, and uh, I'm going to stop now, right? Which is a good idea, Job. You should stop because God is trying to teach you something, right? And he says, um, so essentially Job is, is saying, um, uh, there's some things that we don't know. I may acknowledge I don't know everything. And he covers his mouth. And, and then in Job 42, God responds. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Job responds to the Lord. He says this, I know that you can do all things. 
So like Job has this, this enlightened, this, this moment of enlightenment, right? Where he, he realizes what he's been saying this whole time about his pain. And he's done really good. He's never, never cursed God. He's never been, you know, upset. The, uh, the fact he's, 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 he's handled like a champ. If you read the story, he's taking it. But it's just, it's, it's like a boiling, boiling over. It's this boiling point where he just can't handle it more. And, and then God shows up and he has this discussion. And he says, I know that you can do all things. And Job, he, he points to these three, these three attributes of God that we as Christians um, say these are, these are very important that we understand about God, the three attributes. Uh, when it comes to the theology of how, what we believe about God, he points to these three that we're going to talk about in a second. He says, um, no purposes of yours can be thwarted. You ask, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I do, did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. There's some things I don't know is what he's saying. My ears have heard of you. Now my eyes have seen you. Uh, there's things I didn't know. You're a big God. And then he points to these three attributes. So in this, in this verse that we just read, there's these three attributes where he says, you know, there's, there's more to God than I understand. There's these things that, you, that, that, that are there. And the first one is God is all-powerful. Essentially, he says, God, you have all the power. Like, you are all-powerful. The theological term is, is um, omnipotent, omnipotent, right? So omnipotent, omni is uh, ever or all, and then potent is like strength or power. And so he's all-powerful. He's all-strength. Like, he cannot be stopped. He is all powerful um and when it comes to god well and some people say well if he's all powerful why does all this stuff go on well the truth is we don't know all the answers for all the things that happen we we read the bible we understand that the consequences of our bad days and the consequences of things in our life a lot of times are are because of choices that have been made by people that were foolish or did their own thing and now we're suffering the consequences of it we also know there's an enemy that hates our guts that wants to destroy us right and there's consequences of that where he's trying to interfere in our lives and cause us to do things so we know that. The, the, a lot of the bad that comes from that is that. But we also know in the middle of it, God is all-powerful. And even in the bad, he can still turn around for something good. Um, Colossians 1, 16, 17 says, For everything, absolutely everything, got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence, and he holds it all together right up to this moment. And one of the things about knowing that God is all-powerful is in the middle of our bad day, the middle of what we're going through, he can still hold it together and help us on this journey. Um, and here's the thing when it comes to this is um, we, can have, we, can, we can choose to have hope in an all-powerful God rather than certainty in a very limited me. You know, uh, some people think like, well, you're, you're, um, you, it's a blind faith trusting God. It's just a crutch, you know, what you believe. Well, um, we, we can have certainty in, in ourselves, right, in the human understanding and say like, well, this is how much we know, which is very limited. Or we can have a hope in an all-powerful God who knows it all. Um, I don't know about you, but I choose to put my hope in all powerful God rather than just go through life just living from what I know and what I can understand myself. Uh, Job is saying, you know things that I don't know. So God is all-powerful. The second attribute is God is all-knowing. Um, this word is called, the theological term is om- omniscient. It's omniscience, right? Omniscient means he's all-knowing, all-knowledge. He knows it all. Um, God knows everything, he, uh, even the end included. God's not limited by space and time. So he knows the end of your bad day. He knows the end of your life. He knows the end of the story. And he's trying to help us on this journey if we'll just trust him and say, okay, there's things you know that I don't know. Um, in fact, in Isaiah, it says that uh, some people, they die before their time. And we read that as like they died before like the end of their life, right? But no, no, he knows it all. So uh, really what he, what he says, he even goes on and says, he even spares some people from the evil to come. Like they died before their time because he was sparing them from evil that was to come. So essentially he's saying is I knew what was going to happen. So um, their life was cut off because it was, it was out of the knowledge that I understood what was going to take place. And he's, that's, sometimes that's a grace that God does to help people not to make really bad mistakes in the future. 
and he, and he takes it before. So before their time, but he's all knowing. He knows things that we don't know. Hebrews four thirteen. He knows about everyone, everywhere. Everything about us is bare and wide open, wide open to the all seen eyes of our living God. Nothing can be hidden from Him. Um, so for me, when I look at my bad days, my bad days have always turned out really, really good. Uh, because in the middle of my bad day, I didn't, I don't like it. I don't want to go through it. But there's always these moments where I learn something in my bad days. Um, and, and there's, as I get through it and I reflect on it, I'm like, man, I could have done that better. I should have done that better. But there's always a moment where I learn from the, the pain of the past. I learn from things that I didn't like. And I say, I don't want to repeat that. And then I know that when I go through other bad days, if I'm really aware, there'll be moments that I can learn from this also. If I'll partner with God and say, okay, God, even I don't enjoy what I'm going through, I'm going to trust that you're going to lead me through this time this season of whatever struggle, whatever challenges I have. I'm going to trust you so I can learn. Um, and I would say this, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to an all-knowing God. There's something about us saying, God, I'm putting my hope in you. I'm going to trust you even I don't understand because you know what I don't know, so I'm going to help you with that. Um, and that, that helps us to be secure that, um, that God knows something that we don't know, and he knows how things are going to turn out. We just got to trust him. And I think that's a, it's a, it's a very helpful statement when you're parenting kids, right? You're, you're maybe going through something, your kids are struggling. Just keep seeking God for that. Like, God, help me with this. Help me to know. He knows the end. He'll give you insight, how to approach, how to, how to have conversations, what to do, what to say, if we'll just invite him into that. Um, and then Job, he said, you know what? Um, so when it comes to all-powerful, all-knowing, um, he, he says, um, um, I, I heard about you, but now I recognize, now I see that you're doing something. So he's all-powerful. God is all-knowing. And the third attribute of God that we, that we really cherish as, as Christ followers is he's, he's ever-present. God is an ever-present God. And the word there is omnipresent. So he's, he's ever-present, right? Always present. Everywhere you, no matter where you go, he is there. Uh, God is there and he brings comfort. That, that should bring us comfort because in the middle of our bad days, in the middle of our situations, in the middle of our questions, he's there with us. Um, and I think when Jesus is making this statement, is finished. When Jesus is on the cross, even before he was on the cross, like he kept telling his disciples, like, guys, hey, we got to get to Jerusalem. Something's going to happen there. I, I, I need to get there because it's part of my plan, part of the purpose God has for me. And he says, God, I'm going to die on this cross just so you know it's going to happen. And then three days I'm going to come back from the dead. And he tells them, guys, we can't get distracted. This is my purpose. This is what I'm doing. Um, and, and Jesus knew that there was purpose in even the pain he was about to go through, even the thing he was going through. And in the middle of his pain, he was saying there's purpose even in my death. Like it's finished. I'm not dying for nothing. I'm not going through something for nothing. God will use this for something good. We hear Toby's story, right? In the middle of his pain, in the middle of things, even that, God can turn that around for something good. He can use our pain, our bad days, to help others know that there's hope, that there's something better coming. Um, and there, and there's, there's peace knowing that God, uh, God is there with us in the middle of it. Um, Psalms, four, um, after Hebrews 13, 5 through 6 says, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? And the writer of Hebrews is saying, I have so much confidence um, that God is with me all the time. Nobody can, can do, do anything that, that God does not allow. I'm going to trust that God's going to lead me on this. And I'm going to read through some verses really fast. Just see if you can spot a theme here when it comes to uh, God being ever-present in our lives, all right? Uh, Psalms 46, 1. God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. That's a good verse. If you're in trouble, you're going through something difficult, that would be a great verse to say, God, I know you're, you're my refuge and strength, ever-present help in a time of trouble. Uh, Psalms 139.8, if I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make the, my bed in the depths, you are there. Uh, Isaiah 43.2 and 5, when I pass through the waters, I will be with you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. See, so notice the, the, the statement, when you pass through the waters. God doesn't rescue us all the times from the, the challenges. He lets us pass through those, but in the middle of the passing through the waters, he's still with us. 
Um, Jeremiah 1, 8 and 19. Don't be afraid uh, of them. He's talking about the, 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 the other uh, armies. For I am with you. I will rescue you, declares the Lord. They will fight against you, but you, but you will not overcome you. For I am with you. I will rescue you, declares the Lord. So notice, he doesn't rescue him from the battle. He lets him go through the battle. He just says, hey, I'm still with you in the middle of the battle. Like, take heart. Uh, there's still a fight to go there. And then Jesus, Matthew 28, 20. This is the last words that Jesus, uh, Matthew records of Jesus saying to his disciples. Um, as he's leaving, as he's, he's uh, going back to heaven, this is the last word. He says, I am with you when? Always, to the very ends of the age. I'm with you guys, always, even to the very ends of the age. And here's, here's what's so great. When I know that God is with me, it means I can face uh, what, what, whatever is against me. When I know that God is with me, I can go through whatever it is that's coming my, my way. And I can make it through it because God is with me. He's, he's there. Um, and even when I don't have the answers and all the, 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 the reasons behind it, I don't have the why of what's going on, I have an assurance that he's going to take me through that and there's something greater on the other side. It's one of the reasons that I follow Christ is because there's a hope knowing that this life is not all there is. And whatever I face in this life, God's going to use it for his glory to help other people. And when we live this way, um, it helps us just to know uh, that, that whatever comes our way, we have this assurance that, that whatever we're going through, we're going to be able to get through it. It's not over yet. Second uh, Timothy 1.12, Paul says this to Timothy, I am suffering, so I'm having a bad day. I go through bad days, right? He's saying that. Yet, I am not ashamed because I what? Because I know whom I have believed and I'm convinced that he's able to guard what I, what I, have, what he, what I have entrusted to him for that day. He's going to help me on that day. Um, so there's these statements um, that we should have as declarations over our lives. If you're here today, you're not a Christ follower, you're not a, a Christian, um, this is, this is what, what we hold, valuable, uh, hold to as, as Christ followers that we can declare on a daily basis. And even if you're not, this is still something you need to know about you that God wants for you and has for you. The first thing is this. You need to know in the middle of your bad days, in the middle of your winter things, is, is that God loves you. That God loves me. It's, it's like, it's, um, he loves us so much that he doesn't just say it, but he shows it, right? He showed it to us. And we celebrate that next weekend. He said, I love you so much. This is what it's like. Um, the second thing, I'm going to skip that verse. Uh, go to the next one for me. The second thing is this. You know God loves me. I know that God wants the best for me. Um, I know that God wants the best for me. See, in, in, in one of the challenges we have as human beings is we begin to think of God as Father um, compared to our fathers on earth. And that, for some of us, could be a good thing. But for some of us, that could be a really bad thing. And what happens is we begin to think that God, God our Father in heaven, is like a human father um, who is flawed and doesn't have it all together all the time. And that's the first from the truth. And sometimes, like, we don't really know if we can trust God our Father, right? Like, like in some cases, the people around us. Um, and for me in my life when my, with my kids, the one thing that I, I know is when they believe that I want what's best for them, it's easier for them to say yes to whatever I'm asking them. And the moments where they don't trust me in that moment, like, I don't know if you're just doing this because you don't like me or what, it's hard for them to say yes. But when I understand that God, I know that God wants what's best for me, I'm, I'm more willing and able to say, yes, I'll walk that direction. That looks really hard, God, but I'm going to say yes because you're asking me because I trust you that you know more than I do. So he loves us and he wants what's best for us. Um, uh, let's go to the next one. So number one, God, God, I know that God loves me. I know that God wants best for me. Three is I know that God has a plan for me, uh, that God is working in ways that we don't even understand. Even in our worst days, our bad situations, um, he, he's leading us in the middle of that because there's something better coming. And I can say that with confidence that even in the middle of my bad days, 
Um, I'm saying, God, I trust you. I don't know what's happening. I don't know why I feel the way I do. I don't know what I'm going through at this moment. But God, I know that you see the end and you're going to take me through. So help me to, to have the right character and have the right um, courage in the middle of this so I can make it through. Um, and that's when God shows up in the Old Testament the most in, in the stories is when in the middle of their bad days, he would show up saying, hey, I'm with you. Don't, don't fear. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna sh- to help you because he has plans for us. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares God, the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Notice the plans. His plans for you are prosper. His plans are hope. His plans are a future. Like there's something more. So he has plans for us. Uh, so know, know that God loves you. Know that God, he wants the best. He has plans for you and know that God will bring me through. Um, and I think this last statement he makes, or the, the statement we're talking about today, the sixth statement, is, is, is finished. He's saying, God's going to bring me through. Like I'm, accom- I'm accomplishing the purposes that he's brought me to the earth for. He's going to bring me through this. I can't give up. Second uh, Timothy 4:18, Paul says this, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To, be, to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul makes these statements. If you read the, 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 the books that he wrote, um, in the middle of his bad days in prison, he's worshiping, he's singing. When he's been shipwrecked, when he's been beaten, when he's been stoned, um, left for dead, when he's, been, um, when he's going through all these struggles, in the middle of it, he still continues to say, I'm going I'm to trust God in the middle of my bad day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him. And this statement what he makes, he says, God is going to, he's there to rescue me in the middle of my attacks, but he's also there to take me to heaven. Like there's, there's a, it's a win-win. And Paul had this win-win mentality that you couldn't do anything to Paul to beat him. Like, in fact, they tried. They said, Paul, if you don't stop talking about Christ and preaching the gospel, we're going to lock you in prison. That'd be great. I could write some books. Like, send me to prison. So they send him to prison. And he writes books. And they're like, Paul, that's it. If you don't stop talking about Christ and talking about the gospel, we're going to kill you. He's like, would you? That'd be such a gift. Like, I'll be able to be with my Savior finally. That'd be so good. Like, you cannot beat Paul because no matter what you try to do to him, he's saying, if it's God's will, I'm going to trust. I'm going to go forward. If you kill me, hey, glory to God. I'm going to be with God in heaven. It's a great thing. And he even says, but for your sake, he's kept me here. He hasn't allowed that to happen. Why? Because I have more work to do. And I think some of us in this room, that's one of the reasons you're here is because you have more work to do. And God is saying, don't lose focus. There's some more for you to do. But you can't beat Paul because he's saying it's an and. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a win-win for, for him. And if we learn to have this mentality that Christ had, that Paul had, imagine what you would walk through your week like. Like, hey, copy printer's not working. That's okay. We'll get it fixed later, you know. And something's not working. Whatever happens in your day, it's like, it's okay. Don't freak out. It's not the end of the story. I broke my clavicle. It's okay. Sorry, honey, I can't cuddle with you tonight, right? Like, we'll cuddle another day. It's somebody saying, this is not the end of the story. Whatever I'm going through, it's not the end. We'll keep going. So know this. My struggles have a purpose, and my pain, it has an end. Your struggles have a purpose, and your pain will have an end. And when you understand that, life is so much, it's, it's easier to be able to endure the hard days because you don't give up. And in the middle of that, God is saying, just seek me, just know. So here's my challenge. When it comes to, you just saying it is finished, right? This week, even today, this, this may, maybe needs to become some of your declarations that you need to make on a daily basis. Your declarations of saying, you know, God, that I, I know that you love me. God, I know that you want what's best for me. God, I know that you have a plan for me. And I, God, I know that you're going to bring me through. God, I know that you love me. God, I know that you want what's best for me. God, I know you have a plan for me. God, I know you'll bring me through. Imagine if you made that declaration on a daily basis, how that can help you have a better perspective when you go into work, when you go into your family, when you go into the day, right? Why? What happens is our perspective changes from, oh, man, I got to just work. I got to go through this. No, no, you get to. This morning, I woke up and I said, you know what? I get to help people know that there's a God that loves them. How great is that, right? And you know how my day starts when I, when I declare that? 
It's like I'm excited for, to speak to you guys today. Why? Because some of you in this room have not known that there's a Father in heaven that loves you so much and wants the best for you. And you've been ignoring him. And you've been turning your back on him. And you've been like, Job, God, where have you been? You don't even listen. He's like, no, I've been listening this whole time. And in fact, I set it up for you to be there to finally hear that, me tell you that I've been listening this whole time. How about that for a good God, right? And that's what happens on a weekly basis. And when we approach life saying, God, you know what's best. You know what, what I don't know. You, 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 you want to use my life for specific purposes. I'm going to trust you that you're going to work through whatever this I'm going through and something's going to be on the other side. It's easier to walk through that when you know that. You see the, the over and over in the Old Testament, if you, read, if you read the stories, in the middle of the bad days, when the guy's in the lion's den, he's about to be eaten by lions. Who shows up? God shows up. And he says, I'm with you in the middle of this. And the young teenagers who are in the fire, and they're going to be burned alive because of their faith, God shows up. And their statement was, God, even if we die in the fire, like we want to die giving you glory, we want to do it for the right reason, and God shows up. In the middle of your suffering, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your bad day, if you'll live with this perspective, God, I know that you love me. God, I know that you, you want what's best for me. God, I know you have a plan for me. God, I know you'll bring me through. Your bad day, all of a sudden, it is not that bad. You realize God's going to use this situation to help a lot of people down the road. The reason Jesus could die on the cross is because he knew it is finished. He was saying, I've done the purpose and the work that God has gone, given me to do, to tell us die. That middle word, tell, it's, it's, the word is built around this, this idea of a goal, of a purpose, of, of a, an ending of something. And what he's saying is all the sin and destruction, that, all the destruction and the harm that sin has brought, man, I am breaking that in this world for those that will join me on this mission to say, let's build God's kingdom. And so for, for me, the challenge is that would you just declare that God, those things, God loves you. God wants what's best for you. God has a plan for you, and God will bring you through. So today I want to end the service off by giving those in this room an opportunity to say, you know what? I have not put my trust in God. In the middle of my bad days, I have not even thought about asking, crying out for God's help, and asking him to lead me on this journey. And today, maybe you're in this room, you would say for the first time, God, I want to give you my life. God, I want to follow your lead. I want to give my, give, give my life to Jesus. See, here's, here's the thing. When, when I invite you in this, I'm not asking you to join our church. You may be part of our community. That'd be great. We have a great church. But I'm asking you to give your life to Jesus. That you would say, God, I put my trust in you. That you would, I'm giving an opportunity for you to gain hope in this life of saying, this is not the end. There's more. Heaven is a great place that God has waiting for us. It's, it's, there's more to the story than what we see now. And the Bible says it's a simple prayer that's said from the heart. In fact, it says that if you will um, if you'll confess with your, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's a confession saying, God, I make you Lord. I'm not, right? Forgive me my part. And I believe you died on that cross for me in my place so that I could be forgiven. So do me a favor. Close your eyes and bow your head today as we end our service. If, that's, if you're here today and that's you, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to say a prayer with me. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right there in your seat. But if that's you today and you say, you know what, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to, I want to follow his lead. Would you let me know by just lifting your hands right there where you're at? God, I give you my life. Awesome. Awesome. See a few hands going up. God, I put my trust in you today. For you that raised your hand, would you say this prayer with me? If you're a Christ follower in the room, would you join us in praying so they're not praying alone? And just say this, say this today. Say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I need your help, that I cannot do it without you. Forgive me of my past, of doing it my way, Today, I invite you to lead me. 
Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on that cross in my place so I can have a new life and I can have a relationship with you. Today, I put my trust in you. You're God. I'm not. You're the leader. I'm the follower. Help me and lead me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate those that prayed that prayer today. So good.